This is episode number 89 of the Church Collective Podcast. In this episode, I talk with Meredith Andrews about her latest project, about the importance of um, difficulties in our life to really grow us in ministry. And man, I think this is going to be super encouraging for you because if I know you as a worship leader, you probably feel like there's some sort of difficulty in your ministry career. And man, that just happens to so many of us on so many different levels. And there's just really great encouragement for that, as well as just some practical tips on keeping your voice healthy. So uh, we're going to jump right into it. Episode number 89 of the Church Collective Podcast. The reason that we called the this record Deeper, it's after um, the song that I feel like is kind of the song that is the overarching theme for the whole record and it's this thought of um well it's kind of that song is kind of like my version of what doesn't kill you makes you stronger it's this idea that like sometimes the lord uses really hard things in our lives to take us to a place that we wouldn't have gotten to if he hadn't walked us through trial and hardship and heartache and um and i and it's really personal to me because i was walking through that um, in the last couple of years, my family and I um, just moved to sh- from Chicago to Nashville about a year and a half ago, and I had my third child, and um, things were just picking up, just life on the road, and ministry, and family, and I felt super overwhelmed, and our marriage was in a really hard place because we were so stressed just with trying to manage all the things that we were juggling, and, um, and on top of that, it just felt like that the enemy was attacking us on every side and we were just going, God, we, we just feel like, um, completely in over our heads. We don't know which way is up. Like we just need you to bring some clarity and some peace to our chaos. And, um, the Lord just really showed me that he wanted to use that season. He, he didn't want to get us out of it. He actually wanted to grow us up under it, you know? And I just, I have this picture of a tree and just, and if you look at my album cover, you can see some subtle roots kind of on the bottom right corner. But because I, it's because I saw this um, tree and not just what was on the surface, but also what was going on underground. And I felt like the Lord was just saying to me, like, I have to establish your root system. I want to take you to a deeper place, you know, where, um, you're being tried and you're being tested, but your roots are digging deeper and you are seeking me and you're finding that I'm faithful even in the midst of the storm and in the hard thing, mm. in the hard place. And I can identify with Joseph. I feel like I, I started to study his life um, at the beginning of you know this hard season for us and you know just felt like that was me because in in a lot of ways, obviously I'm not going to be the second in command over Egypt, but, um, you know, you can just relate to his story because he had a dream in his heart. You know, God gave him this massive dream of how God wanted to use his life, but it didn't happen the next day. You know, he, God took Joseph through this training in the low places of, um, you know, being betrayed by his own family and um, sold into slavery and, uh, wrongfully accused and then put into prison. And, you know, it's 13 years between the time that Joseph had the dream and the time that the dream was fulfilled. And, and I was just like, wow, I can't imagine the ways that God met Joseph in those years, you know, especially year 10, 11, 12, where Joseph's just rotting away in that prison cell mm-hmm. and God just meets him there and he's doing something inside of him and inside of him. And I guarantee you that when Joseph came out of that prison, he carried an authority and a maturity 
that he didn't have before. And his character was in a place that could sustain him for what God ultimately had was going to call him to, you know, the destiny that he had for him. <laughs> and so, um, sorry, I'm getting all these text messages. Today's is actually my birthday. Huh? So happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. So everyone's like blowing up. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, so, um, I just could totally relate to him. And I felt like the Lord was, um, just taking me through this refining season, you know, and it was really hard and I wanted it to be over. But God is going to do what He wants to do. And I, at the end of the day, I was going, okay, God, whatever it is that you need to do in me so that you can accomplish, well, accomplish what you want to do inside of me and also what you want to do through me, just go for it. Because, like, I don't I don't want to waste my life and I don't want to go, oh, I, I got, like, I got little glimpses of God here and there. Like, I want, I want to be all in, you sure. know? And that requires um, sometimes this, this, you know, walking through this pruning and refining season. And uh, I'll just share one more illustration that uh, I heard Lisa Bevere speak at a a local church here in Nashville one night last year. And uh, she was telling a story about Sarah Connor from Terminator 2 and uh, how in the beginning of that movie, you know, Sarah Connor is incarcerated. She's in like a mental institution. She's locked up. No hope of being released. No like sign of um, anyone coming to rescue her anytime soon. And so instead of like laying on her bed and crying and wallowing in her situation, she turns her bed upside down and starts doing pull-ups on it. And she's like, she's gearing up for what's coming because she doesn't know when it's coming, but she knows it's coming. And so instead of using, instead of taking her situation and just going and being defeated, She's like, I'm going to use this, and I'm going to get stronger. And I think a lot of times we as Christians just have to let the Lord do what He wants to do in our situation and let Him strengthen us, you know, so that we can, so that He grows our capacity and our ability to handle things. And we just go, you know what? That's not going to shake me because I know where my foundation is, and it's on who Jesus is. It's not myself. It's not my own strength. It's what God. It's it's who God is to me, and what He's doing in me, right. and what He's done for me. You know. So yeah. I just love that illustration. Yeah. I mean, first off, Terminator illustration. That's just awesome. I think people are gonna be right. <laughs> pumped about yeah. that. But <laughs> well, um, maybe the boys more than the girls. But yeah. <laughs> right. um, maybe like I think that's a really really important like point, like especially in ministry. Um, I think a lot of times in worship ministry, especially we're, we're going to be in it and we feel like maybe we're in a dark time in our career or in our ministry and we're waiting for like that, that sunshine or that, that, that church or that position or something yeah. to just all perfectly align. Could you maybe speak to the worship leader that feels like they're just, they're waiting for that, that day to come to maybe Absolutely. embrace where they're at? Absolutely. That is such a good word. And I think it's, it's a good reminder for all of us because like something that the Lord spoke to my heart when I was 17, I went to a Rebecca St. James concert and I was like, I want to do that. Lord, I want to do that. Like I came home crying, just going, I don't know what to do with this desire inside of my heart, but I want to use the gift you've given me. And I don't know what that's supposed to look like, but here it is. And God just said to me, be faithful where I've placed you, be faithful in the little things, and then I'll take care of the rest. And I feel like my life has kind of been that living by that motto because I haven't had any kind of like overnight success, you know, like I haven't sold a million records. I'm just trying to be faithful with what God has put in front of me right now. Mm. And back then it would, it meant leading worship for my hundred member assembly of God church in the backwoods of North Carolina, you know? Mm. And then I went on to Liberty and then the Lord just kind of 
through all this other stuff in my lap. But I would just say to anybody who's in that place of ministry and you feel like you're, you're just kind of like waiting for your big break or you're just waiting for, um, the thing at the end that you've been dreaming about for so long, like don't neglect the process because we tend to, um, glorify the product and we want to rush to get there. We want to get to the end result, but the journey is essential and the process is necessary because we're not going to be able to receive the fullness of the end of the promise of the dream. If we can't let God do inside of us, what he needs to do during the process and it's growing. That's what's making us. And I know that it feels long and arduous and like, it's never going to end, but God God's got it all sorted. Like he knows what he's doing with each and every one of you. And that process is so important. So just hold your hands open and just say, God, I will wait on you and I will trust you because I know that you can see further down the road than I can. And you know the dreams in my heart because you put them there. And so I'm just going to trust you, even if this doesn't look like what I think it should look like. Um, you know what you're doing, and I believe that uh, you have a purpose for my life, and so I'm just going to trust you in this. Hmm. That's a good word. So what do you do to, in the midst of all this busyness, like foster your personal relationship with Christ? Like how do you really keep Him central while doing all this work for Him? Yeah. Well, I think it's just important to create. I've learned this more so in the last year than ever before. I think even though life is crazy, you have to create margin. Like you have to create space where you can breathe and stop and listen. Or otherwise, it just feels like you're spinning your wheels. You know, I felt like that. I started reading a book. um, And it takes me forever to finish books because I have three small children and Mm -hmm. life is crazy. But I um, am in the middle of a book by Susie Larson, who's a dear friend of mine and is actually a catalyst in this whole thing and just prayed me through this season um, and spoke some real truth into my life. But she wrote a book called Your Sacred uh, Sacred Yes. And at the end of each chapter, she says, you were never meant to run a rat race. And that's what the culture, that's what culture will tell you, you know, like, don't sleep. You got to work hard all the time so you can get ahead. But actually, as believers, we're called to run a sacred race, which doesn't mean that we say yes to everything that comes across the desk or um, comes our way. It, it means that we're measured and we're discerning. It means that we lean in and we say, God, what is it that you've put in front of me today? Help me to say no to the other things so that I can concentrate on the best yes, you know, so that I can be what you what you want me to be today. And so I can say yes to the sacred race, not the rat race. And that was really revolutionary for me. Um, and just learning to create margin to create time with my family, um, so that we're healthy because we got to a very unhealthy place. And, and I think we had to get there for the Lord to show me like, okay, this is what matters the most. And, um, and I'm so thankful for where we are now. We've got people around us that are holding us accountable. that are speaking into our lives. Um, my husband and I went to counseling during this whole time, like people in our church that we trust and we're still like in constant communication with people, you know, they're asking us how we're doing. Um, I, it's funny. I had to kind of let go of, um, I had to let go of the mentality that I had in high school and college of, you know, getting alone in my room for an hour and a half and praying and listening to worship music and then doing like a Beth Moore study, you know, because that's not the season of life that I'm in right now. Um, But the Lord has been so faithful to meet me where I am. And I think it's more about quieting my heart and looking for him in all things and 
whether I'm at home with my kids or I'm out on the road, um, just going, God, I want to hear your voice today and opening up the word and just even on, just reading a couple verses and just going, Lord, would you speak to me through this and let this just marinate in my heart and, and help me to live it out, you know? Yeah. Um, but a lot of times I just like to turn on worship music when I'm doing dishes and that's where God meets me and it's awesome. Sure. I think that's got to be a real encouragement for a lot of people listening that, you know, it isn't about being able to find that hour and a half. Like, it's great if you can do it, but like right. the, the reality is God can still interact with you. It's exactly right. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, uh, it's giving God access. That's what my friend Lisa Johnson says. Give God access at every moment. Don't close him off. Don't expect not to see him, but expect to see him, expect mm -hmm. to hear him, even in the most mundane things, because sure. God is there. Yeah. Could you speak a little bit, maybe like to vocal technique or musical training or anything like that? Like what, what kind of a value, how do you, how do you protect your voice and, and work on that? Yeah. Well, um, I, with my last record that released three years ago, um, Worth It All, I um, started working with a vocal coach um, named Diane Sheets. She lives in Nashville. She's a dear friend of mine, awesome lady. And she kind of unlocked something in my voice. I think before I was afraid of like really singing out because I was afraid of what might come out, like that it'd be too loud or abrasive or what. And so I would bury... Um, I mean, this is kind of technical, but I would bury my vocal in the back of my throat. I would put it, the placement would be in the back of my throat instead of like in, in front of you, mm -hmm. which in front of me, which is where, where it's supposed to be. And, um, and she pointed it out to me and, um, and she was like, and I think there's also some things that you really want to say that you've kind of buried because you're afraid of what people will think. So it was like two, yeah. like twofold, you know, right. she's like reading my mail. And she, so I feel like the Lord just used her um, in my life to unlock something in me. And I've been singing differently ever since. And hmm. um, I mean, I still have to, I'll try to warm up a little bit when I, when I'm able to, you know, before, even if I just do some like little runs or, or whatever beforehand and then. Um, and rest my voice when, when I'm able to as well. You know, I don't, uh, I haven't had to do any kind of vocal rest, thankfully in the last couple of years. Sure. Um, but yeah, I drink a lot of water. I don't know. Right. Yeah, do you <laughs> yeah. Have, if you have a cold or anything, what, like, do you have any go-to remedies? Yeah. I'm kind of a crazy, like, um, homeopathic, I'll try anything sure. <laughs> kind of deal. Um, but I, I use essential oils and, um, uh, but I drink apple cider vinegar and honey, and honey anytime I feel like I'm getting sick. Hmm. Um, I also will put oregano oil in a capsule and I'll swallow it. That usually helps kick your cold to the curve. I use, um, what else do I do? Like bone broth. You're going to think I'm crazy if I keep listing these things. But hey. um, <laughs> bone broth, which is just like you take some bones and you put them in a crock pot. And there's like recipes all over YouTube and stuff. But sure. that stuff's amazing. Um yeah, I have lots of, I guess that's kind of, those are the main three, I guess I do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any advice for somebody that, that maybe is like you when you went to Rebecca St. James and like, oh, I feel like that's, that's what I want to do. Like, can you speak to them a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I think it comes back to just growing where you're planted and um, being faithful where you are. And so, like I said, for me, I was just a high school student and I was leading worship at my church and. I was writing a little bit and I was singing those songs at my church. And, you know, I think some people go, well, I've got some, like I have people come to me and like, here, I have this song that I wrote, will you listen to it? 
I'd love to listen to it, but I can't really do anything with it, you know? So, like, the Lord is going to do what He wants to do with you. And so I would encourage you to get involved in your local church and plug in there as much as you're able to and, and just see what the Lord does, you know? Don't get, don't get ahead of Him. He's got you. Just be faithful where you are. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, please head over to thechurchcollective.com, hit that contact button, get connected with you. We want to connect with you and connect you with others. God bless.